In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Um, what a blessing it is for me to have you all join us today for our weekly adult meeting uh, and our continuing series on the Orthodox Christian family. Now, we've received many positive comments and great questions after the last talk on marriage, so I'm very excited to share with you another discussion uh, today uh, about a different topic, one that many of us have questions about, and this topic is parenting. Um, since it's such a big, broad topic, God willing, today we'll only get a small introduction, but it'll be full of wonderful and practical points. I truly feel this topic is one that uh, no matter your situation, whether you're still in the planning stage and don't have any children, or you're going through the early and school age years, or perhaps maybe those interesting and somewhat turbulent years of adolescence, or even if your children uh, are adults, you have adult children and that still call on you for advice and support, no matter what, this topic of Christian uh, parenting is, is critical. So God gives us opportunities to learn how to be like him. Now, he's the perfect model of a parent. But how do we do this practically uh, when it seems that we don't have always a specific plan or guidelines to follow? And so one thing that I do is I look for resources and, um, and learn from uh, examples of good parents who I can ask advice. Well, um, today I'm really excited to share with you that I have reached out to a wonderful resource and uh, expert on this topic. This servant of God has not only special training in this field, but also literally decades of experience in counseling uh, and service of God. Uh, this expert is humble and kind with great practical advice that's easy uh, to learn and try out. Uh, he's a wonderful person, and he's a gifted speaker, and uh, he's sitting right here next to me. And as a parent himself, I can tell you that he is a true blessing to his children, no matter how old they are. And so our speaker today is Dr. Nabil Bey, and he's a mentor and a friend to me, and he also happens to be my father. So please join uh, us and enjoy this conversation as we look to God to speak through him, uh, to all of us on this wonderful topic um, of parenting. So Dr. Nabil, um, I wanted to ask, are there any principles that you would have share with us today? You just presented me with certain qualities which I don't deserve, but uh, it's up to you. You are my son. <laughs> and I'm privileged by your presence with me for the first time, the first time in my life when I'm presenting and presenting with my son. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you, Tony. Our presentation today will be about just an introduction to Christian parenting, mm -hmm. just an introduction. And this introduction, we're going to discuss in it general principles, in short, and then 
specific principles also in short mm. and at the end i will tell you if you want to discuss any age of your children you have to focus on 10 types or kinds of developments i will just mention them at the end so to, just today is the beginning of an ocean of information we can't of course say all this we'll try to take a summary of what's going to be said also we're going to focus on the bible certain chapters discussing the good shepherd because the good shepherd is the model for all the parents in their parenting process mm -hmm. so could we start now the general principles? Yes. Okay. I will take only three general principles. The first one, what's the best way of Christian parenting? Question which might go in the minds of so many parents. What's the best way of Christian parenting? Allow your children to see in you and your spouse a successful Christ-centered marriage. You will see in you just a marriage, but Christ-centered, successful Christ-centered. And this will help you to appear on them the best Christian way. And Second principle, is there something called perfect parenting? No, there's nothing called perfect parenting. All our parenting is imperfect. So what to do? We just pray for the Lord Jesus Christ, help us. Your grace is sufficient for us. And your power is going to be perfected in our weakness in parenting so through prayer and looking up to the lord jesus christ he could perfect parenting his own children which he has given to us third the principle about christian parental love it's a small note some of us feel really and think that they own their own children even if they get older is my child my son my daughter do we really own our children of course not why we have received them from christ and we are raising them in christ and we're going to release them one day to live independently with christ of to prepare for that mm. our christian parental love is selfless we don't own our children yes but at the same time we don't ask for or wait for a reward from them i would say okay my child one day will give me back my love or while i'm in love with my own child i wish if he'll show me his own love some parents are looking for that parental love 
we don't look for a reward. As Christ himself, his love to us, he doesn't wait for a reward to him. Just thank him. Do we wait for our children to thank us for what we are doing for them? You will wait for long. Mm -hmm. If your child is one year old, wait till he will pass 25, 26 for him to feel what you have done to him. That's enough now just for introduction about these general principles. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot to say about the specific principles, about 10 of them. But I prefer you, Tony, to read some biblical verses for us about the Good Shepherd from three different chapters of the Bible. Thank you, Dad. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read from um, from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. I want to give focus with you are viewing on some of these verses. We have agreed, all of us, in our parenting process, we are going to focus on the Good Shepherd as our model. So all these principles, the specific principles, are godly, at the same time, we have to see the Good Shepherd, what he's doing with his own sheep. So we heard in this chapter some certain meanings that the Good Shepherd gives his life for his own sheep. Who are my own sheep? My household, my spouse, my own children. And if I'm not married, I have also children. If I'm serving in the church, I have many, many sheep, have many young brothers and sisters, children. And for a mom, a girl who has good motherhood, or a man, good fatherhood, no need for him to say that he's married and have children. 
because a servant, all the children of the, of the church could be his own. And he could apply all these principles. So servants could apply these principles, which I'm going to talk about. And they know his voice. They hear his voice, the voice of God, the sheep. And they follow him because they know his voice. Do we as adults hear his voice? If we're telling that our own children to, to hear him. I don't follow a stranger because I don't know his voice. I only follow, only follow my shepherd, which means I'm looking up to my parents as my shepherd. Why? Because characters of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, is in them. And this will show in their behavior with me. The same with the servant in the church, the same with parents in their own home. So they never, they never follow a hireling. The hireling will leave them facing the wolf. But the parent, the father, could die for his own children or for his own spouse and children because this is a character of the good shepherd. So we have to be careful. There are so many fights in life, many diabolic wars for our children, a lot of immunization we have to give them for going to school. I mean by immunization, teaching them. We have to teach them something for going. They are going to a jungle, a lot of bullying. Whatever would say, we have to immunize them against this. So this is regarding this part which is very important for us to see the character of the Good Shepherd in that chapter, then the prayer, the last prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ for our sake as his own sheep. Tony, please read from chapter 17, the Gospel of St. John. Okay. Um, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yes. So, um, I have glorified you on the earth, and I have finished the work which you have given to me. This is from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition. Yeah. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them.
scepter, praying for his own, for you, Tony, and for me, and for our children. And starting with what is eternal life? This is what I'm going to teach to my children, is to know you and the Lord Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So how to teach? And then I will sanctify myself for my own children. A reminder for every dad and mom. Life of holiness. And it's good for them if I'm looking to myself at the end of the days. All you have given me, I have kept them, kept them in your name. Maybe I'm going to, I can say it. God knows exactly what I have done. I have to keep this in my mind. I have kept all my children in his own name. And I want them to be one. As the Father and the Son are one, and we are in them. I want my family, all the members of my family, my children, my grandchildren. I want everybody, my wife, I, my children, my grandchildren to be one, one in Christ. And their goal is eternal life. And then I would continue to introduce them to eternal life. And Christ, I pray that he will give them the love he has given me. And I will continue to introduce them to Christ even after departure, my departure to heaven. God will help me in that. Because parenting is a continuum. It does not end on earth. It's continuous in heaven. It never stops. Fathering, mothering, here on earth and in heaven. Okay, could go to that. One of the most difficult after that, Ezekiel 34. Yes. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 4 to 6. The weak you have not strengthened. Nor have you healed those who are sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. This is verse 4. Uh, yeah. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Uh, the true shepherd here in Ezekiel 34, 11 and 12, and then 15 and 16. For thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. 
As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Verse 12. As the shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Cloudy day, spiritually. We are clouded spiritually. This is their dark day spiritually. He promised that he will get them. He's the only one able to get them. So the dad or the mom, they pray hard quoting this verse. You promised, Ezekiel 34, 12, that you will get my children. Then he described what he is doing. Not in verse 5, when the parents were not that good parents, they did not strengthen the, the sick, bind the, 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 what the, the weak, did not bind the, the wounded one, did not do all these six kinds of children. He is answering that in verse 16. He is going to do it to teach me how to do it. So these are strong verses. And I have to compare myself. Am I from the bad group? Or from the following the true shepherd in his character, in shepherding, taking care of six different kinds. And I am responsible to take care of the weak ones because the fatted calf might push them away. And I'm responsible to judge between them to my own children. As a dad or mom, I'm responsible for that. Okay, now we went through biblical verses from three different chapters of the Bible. Now, before going into the specific principles, I have to ask myself, and you ask yourself three questions about each principle. What are these? Of course, I was parented before. And now I am parenting my members of my household, my spouse and my children. And what the way they are looking at me. So I will ask myself, number one, my parents, did they do that? They follow this principle with me? Do I do that? with my members of my household? 
what do you think? It's number three. What do you think? Looking at me, the way I'm dealing with them, am I satisfying this principle? And I would give myself from zero to 10. My parents would take care of me. I could that principle give zero to 10. And I'm taking care of my children, zero to 10, with that principle. And then do they feel really that I'm satisfying this principle with them? I give zero to 10. So I am trying to look to myself about my own parenting in every specific principle. It's time now to go through at least the numbers of these 10 principles. Mm. The first one, what's the first one, Tony? Modeling. Who is our model? Just talk about this now. Who is our model? Christ the Good Shepherd. And we learned about this from the Bible. Now I have to imagine Christ the Good Shepherd with his staff and rod and the sheep around his feet carrying one of them. Maybe those under his feet are looking up and will say, yani, we wish to be in his arm and he will take care of that. And he deals with them with these principles. So in every principle, I have to think of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, how he is dealing with his own sheep. I would follow that. This is my model. So I could follow him in all the character which you have described in the biblical verses. I have to look to him in every specific ones as my own model. And I pray for him, please, O oh Lord, take my hand, perfect your way of parenting with your own children. I cannot do it by myself. I cry to him in the morning, midday, at the end of the day, ask him, please, be with me and perfect your own parenting way with your own children. This modeling, he is the model. Mm -hmm. Children looking to me as their own model in the way of marriage, dealing with them. So they would either they will see in me Christ or not. It's up to them, up to the way I am behaving with my spouse and with my own children. I'm including the spouse, why? Because I could be the dad. Sometimes my spouse would call me Baba. Mm -hmm. And they call her Mama. But I have to include her or include him with the children as my own responsibility in shepherding. What's next? What's number two? This is a very difficult one, partiality. Certain people who came from Upper Egypt, they are telling me horror stories because you were born girl. You don't acknowledge them, only the boys. And some grandmothers, they don't go to see the newly born unless he's a boy. A girl, forget about her. And all her life is looking at her as if she is an added number, only the boy. I'm talking about favoritism, 
partiality. I have to, a gift of God to me is what he has given me, a boy or a girl. And I have to love them and accept them unconditionally, which means I'm not going to point to their difficulties most of the time. I'm accepting them. If someone is born with a defect, birth defect, I'm not going to point to that one. So we feel bad. This is your speciality, Tony. <laughs> so if I point at their own difficulties or defects, they are going to grow what they call most of the personality disorders because of that. And not only accepting them unconditionally because they are a gift of God to me, I have to ask myself this question. The same, was I accepted unconditionally by my parents? Am I accepting members of my spouse and children unconditionally? Am I accepting my spouse unconditionally? My children unconditionally? Do they feel that? Do they see that? Tony, a question to you, which I could be answered by everybody. Which is more important? Marriage or parenting? In, in Christian family. Marriage is the source of the children. And according to priorities that you have mentioned before, the priorities, according to St. John Christos, our relationship with God, our relationship with my spouse, our relationship with our children, my relationship with my family, and family include the in-laws and my original family. Then my relationship with friends, my hobbies, at work, all this comes number four. And you could, of course, for, for A, for B, for C, whatever. But I have to look, my relationship with God must supersede with my spouse. My spouse must be avoid, above my relationship with my children, and my children and my spouse and God must be above my relationship regarding at least the time with my original family and my in-laws and my friends and my hobbies. Mm -hmm. My work takes a lot of time, I know, but my heart is with God, with my spouse and my children and rest members of my family. Mm -hmm. So, I have to be available to them, availability, and involved with them. And I have to satisfy, fulfill my promises. If I give my children any promise, I have to fulfill it. He's looking for that. Involvement in their sports, involvement with them going anywhere. I have to be available, psycho-emotional and physically to them, absent father, Absent mom is serious in the process of parenting. Yeah. I have to take care of that. And always, when I, most of the time I'm outside, I am praying that my absence is not going to affect my own children because I'm working. I have to get them food on the table, but at the same time, I am praying that they will never feel that they are lost or I'm absent. 
The third one, the specific one, also asking the three questions about each of these. Safety, security, and respect. Am I responsible for safety and security of my own children? Of course. Growing insecure for whatever reason, mostly because of me, because of disrespect between me and my spouse, because of disrespect to people around me, bad modeling to them, violence, violence, all these results in insecure child with low self-esteem. And we continue to be like this till someone will help him one day, if you'll find any. What's number four after that? Yes. Is that important? I am seeing tons of cases complaining that they can't remember one day that their parents hugged them or kissed them. They can't remember. I remember a case. A mother was in her 50s. And she was telling me she had never experienced affection from her mom. And her mom was in her 70s. I did something with them. And the result, the mother cried bitterly when her daughter insisted to hug her. Why? Because also she did not take affection from the mom, from her parents. So the grandparents, the parents, and now that daughter insisted to be affectionate with her children and the relation became better. So affection is very important. Showing love of Christ to them and compassion expressed without spoiling means I don't spoil my own children. I'm seeing cases, young boys and young girls and adults, you see them crumbled against the world. Why? Because they were lacking compassion and, me, and even their husbands or spouses are, are not that good with them because the treatment could be that the spouse will be affectionate following Christ's principle. So it will help them to compensate. But if the spouse will not be as such, so where do you go? The children, where did they go? I know some families in Egypt, they took their own children and put them in orphanage because they cannot take care of them. The parents became those who are taking care of them there. Parents are alive still. Many of them are professors now. So, my security of my children and my spouse is my responsibility. I pray for that, take care of them, keep them away from sources of insecurity, from violence, take care of them. At school, bullying, I will take care of that, help them. 
I mentioned immunize, immunizes all children before going to school and during school, which means teach them what to do and how to deal with situations for going to school. Then I will go fast after that for number six. What's God's way in discipline? <laughs> Shepherding is, we've seen the good shepherd with his own character. But with, what is God's way of discipline? Discipline went through five phases, stages along the years. First was, you have absolutely obey me, absolute obedience, nothing else. Then we found some side effects of that. We moved to absolute freedom without any rules. We found also certain defects, of course. Then they went to what we call behavior modification. I have to favor the good doing. Give them a treat, gifts. So this is, I'm saying treat because I deal with my pets the same way. Behavior modification. And I think I'm going to modify by gifting them they are going to modify their behavior. Did not show in success. Following that was behavior management. It's number four in succession. I teach them the choices. And according to the good choice, I compliment them and give them something because they have chosen something, the right choice, something good not on the behavior, but the right choice. Oh, this is not God's way. So what's God's way of discipline? Is what we call behavior, not modification, not management, but behavior training. And behavior training, three parts in it, clear parts. Number one, setting rules and guidelines with consequences. And the two parents must be together in doing that. And second step is the training. I have to train my children as if I'm training uh, a young champion for the Olympics. There's a certain way of training. I have to do it consistently, guided by the rules which I have set before. And finally, the third will be dealing with the choices. One of the example, famous examples, how to get Tony, how to get a driver license. You have to read the book, study guidelines and rules, and then go for training. And then when you will get your good in driving, get your license, then you will be able to deal with situations in front of you. But without training, Without guidelines, I will go to drive the right way. So the three steps, guidelines, rules, training, then getting the license, and now dealing while you're driving with different situations, different choices. The same God, I'm not going to do saying that in there, but he did it with Jonah. Just remember the story of Jonah. Yes. And God did it the same. And school of prophets, absolute obedience to God. As a prophet, he has to listen carefully 
what God wants him to say and say it exactly. This is the prophet. But what happened? He told him, chapter 1, the book of Jonah, the prophecy of Jonah, go to Nineveh. And he never went. He thought his own way. And inside the belly, God, of course, the storm, the sailors, all, all this was God, his plan. He's training him. Why did you disobey? Till the whale inside the fish. He let him to kneel, worship, and pray. Chapter 3, he ordered the fish to put him again on the Mediterranean or close to Nineveh. And of course, the Ninevite heard about that man which lived three nights so the belly of the fish. He went with them this time and he was hesitant because he knows God is compassionate. How about if he will yani, show me as someone not upon his, my word, telling them God will take care of this. After 40 days, the city is going to be burned. And then how about if he will not do it? He's looking to himself. And God continued to teach him till the end of chapter 4. A process. Rules in the school of the prophets. Then give him an order. Of course, he was training. But he disobeyed. He did not lose hope in him. Continued to train him with the ship, with the sailors, inside the whale, and then again in Nineveh. And in chapter 4, he taught him how valuable is everybody, even the animals, the cattle of Nineveh. This is the way. Very patient and always want to help us by training us. Events around us, a source of training for us from God. Now, this is the God's way of discipline. Not only just instruction, rules, but we give guidelines, rules, training, and now he could drive in life. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is regarding shepherding and discipline, God's way. After that, what is now? Please, those who are coming from Egyptian background, please, please look at me. Suff sufficient for your children, your criticism, negative criticism. They need some encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Tony, now you are a, a big man now. You are a chief neonatologist in the largest unit of neonatology in the west of US, but still you need encouragement. At certain times, you need encouragement. You need a hug from your dad and your mom. Still, sometimes you come for advice and encouragement, a prayer for you. So there's no age limit. We have always to encourage our own children. Even if you do something wrong, I don't abuse them physically. If I want to direct their attention by something, I have to explain to them with my affection and love why I did that to them, but not, of course, abuse. Physical, emotional abuse, all that is a crime in the US. 
and the crime also with God. It would be criminal to God if I abuse my own children, violent with them. So encourage, please, parents, servants, be an encourager. St. Barnabas, the encourager. Be an encourager more than a critical person, especially negative criticism. I know families, it turns around, revolves around negative criticism, negative criticism for a spouse and for the children. Many of them with personality disorders, some of them with certain psychiatric disorders because of what's happening from the negativity. No, no encouragement or but negative criticism. So we have to be careful of that. Then, yeah. what's after this? Number eight is. Yes, our children at certain age are very curious to know, asking so lot of questions, asking and asking and asking. I have to help them. So they are going to be able to initiate a talk one day, to be proactive in communication. The communication must be controlled. I don't use my authority with my own children. I don't dis discourage them. It has to be positive communication. I show them how valuable you are to me. I am proud of you as my own child in front of him or her and behind their back in front of others to the extent I could brag about my own children, the gift of God to me. I have to do that because news will come to them. So I have to be really careful. During communication, I don't use my authority as a dad or mom. I don't put them down. I don't humiliate them. They are the gift of God to me, my own, my own children. I want their self-esteem is based on my love. Christ love for them, my being proud of them, of their small achievement, help them to achieve, and then be proud of them and compliment them. Sufficient now remaining. Two more? Okay. Do you have some time? Or? Okay. Yes. Understanding each phase, the way they grow, it needs study from during pregnancy, the baby from zero to two, two to four, four to six, six to nine, nine to 12, 12 to 18, 18 to 24. These are different stages of growing a child, of growing a child. I have to understand this, study and know it. And we know it with the development, different development in every age. But what? their limitation. I have to understand their limitation. I don't give my children lectures and beyond their ability to understand. This is wrong. I have to know their emotional limitation, psychological limitation, mental limita limitations. I have to take care of their own limitations. A child is different than the other. I raise everyone according to his own way, 
which will reach with him to Christ according to their own limitations. Not everybody in my children is the same. I can't raise them, all of them the same way. Mm-hmm. You have to understand in general that phase and the development, but their own limitations. If one child is brilliant, I will thank God. If one child is slow to warm up, slow. If one child is difficult to raise, all are gifts of God. If someone is born with a certain difficulty, a defect, I have to care of all this while I am raising them, encouraging them, knowing their limitations. But I have to encourage, 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 and through the Bible, through prayer, they will learn a lot of spirituality which will help them, help them to overcome their weaknesses and difficulties. Mm-hmm. Coming to... <laughs> For every parent who had one day teenagers, what did you think of your, your adolescent at that time? And now they are grown up. It's past already. Be patient. They are going to grow that age. Adolescence is not a sickness. It's not an illness. Yeah. But sometimes we feel like that. Yes. And this is wrong. So patience and hope. Hope in them. They're going to grow to be mature man or a woman. She'll be a mom. She'll be a dad. Whatever the career they want, I will help them to reach that career. My own is to help, to encourage, to have hope in them, patient, and never lose hope in my own children, even if they're far away. So many of our children on drugs. But I have hope because of the principles we put in them all their life, they are going to grow and leave that. When maybe early 20s, maybe mid 20s, but they can, with some help, they will leave it. Depending on the way they're seeing me, my spouse dealing with them, and the way we deal with them according to these specific principles. I think that's enough for them. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of those needs its own time. Yes. (laughs) Every one of those needs a presentation by itself. Now, I Yes, yes. Each age, if I'm studying, say, age two to four or four to six, I have to focus on different kind of developments that child go through it. These are 10 kinds of developments. I have to study, know it, and apply it to each age. So I have to look for physical development of the child. He will grow up physically and he has to grow spiritually too, spiritual development. Of course, I'm not saying how, but we help him doing that. 
process, but I have to look in my mind. Now my child's two to four, I'm looking for this 10. After that, mental development. Is he according to his age or not? Psychological development, did he achieve the goal of that phase or not? Emotional development. Social development with friends making decisions, all that. After that, moral development. Moral development. The principle I taught him morally, is he a moral person or not, or immoral? Sexual development by itself is so important. Maybe if you or somebody else, or me if you want to give it, because every phase, every age could affect marriage later on during sexual development. Then two last things, nine and 10. How to deal with money and time in every age. And then honesty and leadership. I want them to be leaders. I don't want my child yeah, to boss, to be bossy. I want to be a leader, not a follower. A difference between being bossy and a leader. At the same time, honesty. I have to follow up in each age all these different 10 kind of development to be left for those who will discuss every age, God's willing. Mm -hmm. well, then, well, thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Every one of the things you said was at the practice. So uh, yeah, I hope that we can see you uh, in the next uh, several months. And I think a, a little bit of a combination of more parenting, some marriage issues. And uh, for those that uh, you know are listening and being enriched by this uh, sermon, uh, this talk, and I would love to hear from you if you have an idea of. Um, I would like to hear from you these topics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, you have the resources and you can present. <laughs> They great something, and the great and the great young children, <laughs> your yeah. grandchildren. Okay. okay. We're going to go ahead and um, just sign off and say thank you again for joining us, and God willing, um, in the next uh, several um, months we'll be cycling through other topics. Thank you.